Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone. I'm giving a few seconds before I start speaking because lately my voice is being cut off, so I think we got that worked out. We are in Proverbs 16, 17, 18 today. So uh, I thought we'd turn over to this day in history. This is a, a few things going on today. First off, famous quote from A.J. Libling, whoever he is, says, Freedom of the press belongs to those who own one. And isn't that becoming more and more the truth, or was always the truth, I guess, in one sense. That is a true statement. <laughs> Freedom of the press belongs to those who own one. How about this for a brain teaser joke? The Mad Hatter invited all of the letters of the alphabet to tea. However, half a dozen of the letters had to wait until later because U, V, W, X, Y, and Z, they come after T. You knew the answer to that one, I'm sure. First woman in space, June 16th, 1963, Valentina Tereshkova, flies a solo mission aboard a Soviet Vostok 6, becomes the first woman in space, also makes her the first woman to fly a solo mission in space. She asked how she wanted to be rewarded for her service. She requested that the government find where her father was killed in World War II. This was done, and a monument now stands at the site. Hmm. First roller coaster opened on this day in 1884. It was there in Coney Island. Charged five cents for the ride. Made $600 a day. That's a lot of money back then. The rider would, would climb a tower to board a large bench-like car and were pushed off to coast 600 feet, traveling about six miles an hour down the track to a lower tower, and it was a straight shot <laughs> with ups and downs, but no turns. <laughs> uh, interesting. And then it had to be pulled all the way back up to the top to do it all over again. And on this day, the last one, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Abraham Lincoln, quoting the Bible in a famous speech in 1858, where he was giving a speech to the Republican Party as its nominee, or he was running against Stephen A. Douglas, the incumbent, and it was all about his position to end slavery, and he was elected, and he did that. So you go. So we can now move over into the reading for today. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I forgot. We already did one joke. We'll do another, at least one or two more dad jokes since I have it pulled up already. What did the horse say after it tripped? Help, I've fallen and I can't giddy up. <laughs> How about this one? I gave away all my batteries today, free of charge. We will now go into the more serious stuff, reading the Word of God. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning, and we want to know, Father, what you have in store for us the rest of this day. We, we desire to understand your word, to get insight, and hopefully, God, get direction. We desire to be open 
to whatever you want to teach us. So thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Proverbs 16, contrast the upright and the wicked. Again, as we go through this, just pick out the one or two that God really speaks to you and just dwell on those. Unless you have a much more uh, comprehensive and uh, well-defined brain than mine, I cannot... I can't take all this in. <laughs> it's just too much information. But I can take one or two in, so you decide. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are clean in his own sight, but the Lord weighs the motives. Commit your works to the Lord, and your plans will be established. The Lord has made everything for its own purpose, even the wicked for the day of evil. Everyone who is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Assuredly, he will not be unpunished. By loving kindness and truth, iniquity is atoned for, and by the fear of the Lord, one keeps away from evil. When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Better is a little with righteousness than great income with injustice. The mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. A divine decision is in the lips of the king. His mouth should not err in judgment. A just balance and scales belong to the Lord. All the weights of the bag are his concern. It is an abomination for kings to commit wicked acts, for a throne is established on righteousness. Righteous lips are the delight of kings, and he who speaks right is loved. The fury of a king is like messengers of death, but a wise man will appease it. And the light of a king's face is life, and his favor is like a cloud with spring rain. How much better it is to get wisdom than gold, and to get understanding is to be chosen above silver. The highway of the upright is to depart from evil. He who watches his way preserves his life. Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before stumbling. It is better to be humble in spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. He who gives attention to the word will find good. And blessed is he who trusts in the Lord. The wise in heart will be called understanding. Sweetness of speech increases persuasiveness. Understanding is a fountain of life to the one who has it. But the discipline of fools is folly. The heart of the wise instructs his mouth and adds persuasiveness to his lips. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. There is a way which seems right to a man, but his end is the way of death. A worker's appetite works for him, for his hunger urges him on. A worthless man digs up evil, while his words are like scorching fire. A perverse man spreads strife and a slanderer separates intimate friends. A man of violence entices his neighbor and leads him in a way that is not good. He who winks his eye does so to devise evil, perverse things. He who compresses his lips brings evil to pass. A gray head is a crown of glory. It is found in the way of righteousness. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. He who rules is his spirit, than he who captures a city. A lot is cast into the lap, but his very decision is from the Lord. Chapter 17. 
Contrast the upright and the wicked once again. Better is a dry morsel than quietness with it, than a house full of feasting with strife. A servant who acts wisely will rule over a son who acts shamefully and will share in the inheritance among brothers. The refining pot is for silver and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the heart. An evildoer listens to wicked lips. A liar pays attention to a destructive tongue. He who mocks the poor taunts his maker. He who rejoices at calamity will not go unpunished. Grandchildren are a crown to old men, and the glory of sons is their father's. Excellent speech is not fitting for a fool, much less are lying lips to a prince. A bribe is a charm in the sight of its owner. Wherever he turns, he prospers. He who conceals a transgression seeks love. But he who repeats a matter separates intimate friends. A rebuke goes deeper into one who has understanding than a hundred blows to a fool. A rebellious man seeks only evil. So a cruel messenger will be sent against him. Let a man meet a bear robbed of her cubs rather than a fool in his folly. He returns evil for good. Evil will not depart from his house. The beginning of strife is like letting out water. So abandon the quarrel before it breaks out. He who justifies the wicked and he who conceals the righteous, both of them alike are an abomination to the Lord. Why is there a price in the hand of a fool to buy wisdom when he has no sense? A friend loves at all times, but a brother is born for adversity. A man lacking in sense pledges and becomes guarantor in the presence of his neighbor. He who loves transgression loves strife. He who raises his doors seeks destruction. He who has a crooked mind finds no good. He who is perverted in his language falls into evil. He who sires a fool does so to his sorrow, and a father of a fool has no joy. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. A wicked man receives a bribe from the bosom to pervert the way of justice. Wisdom is in the presence of the one who has understanding, but the eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. A foolish son is a grief to his father, and bitterness to her who bore him. It is also not good to find the righteous, nor to strike the noble in their uprightness. He who restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Even a fool, when he keeps silent, is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is considered prudent. Chapter 18. He who separates himself seeks his own desire. He quarrels against all sound wisdom. A fool does not delight in understanding, but only in revealing his own mind. When a wicked man comes, contempt also comes. And with dishonor comes scorn. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is a babbling brook. To show partiality to the wicked is not good. 
nor to thrust aside the righteous in judgment. A fool's lips bring strife, and his mouth calls for blows. A fool's mouth is a ruin, and his lips are the snare of his soul. The words of a whisperer are like dainty morsels. They go down into the innermost parts of the body. He also, who is slack in his work, is brother to him who destroys. The name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run to it and is safe. A rich man's wealth is his strong city. Like a high wall in his own imagination, before destruction, the heart of a man is haughty, but humility goes before honor. He who gives an answer before he hears, it is folly and shame to him. The spirit of a man can endure his sickness. But as for the broken spirit, who can bear it? The mind of the prudent acquire knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. The first to plead his case seems right until another comes and examines him. The cast lot puts an end to strife and decides between the mighty ones. A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and contentions are like the bars of a citadel. With the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied. He will be satisfied with the product of his lips. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Poor man utters supplication, but the rich man answers roughly. A man of too many friends comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So we have so many repeatable proverbs that we often pass around one to another. In those chapters, famous chapters, he finds a wife, finds a good thing. I like that one. I found a good wife. There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. One of the most famous ones. You know, a friend is born for adversity, or I think that was what it was saying, about the the closeness of relationships that God can bless. And this is why, in a sense, we are put on this earth, to have the closeness of relationships and bonding and unity and in love as we then have that same experience with God. So what we have in the earthly sense is a reflection of what God wants for us with him, have that deep, abiding relationship. And that is found through knowledge. It is found through the fear of God. I was just reading Wednesday night that quote from A.W. Tozer about having the right healthy fear of God and how that's lost today in the church in so many churches. But it's this irrational kind of sense of unworthiness is what A.W. Tozer says. You just know. You just you can't define it, but you know before a holy God, your creator, in one sense, it shouldn't be accepted. And and so it's um and you feel unworthy to be in his presence, yet you receive his love through his son by the power of the Holy Spirit, and you start gaining understanding, which brings about wisdom. And then you know that there's nothing better than following his ways. 
And like one of the other ones that it was really right in the beginning of 16, it was saying something about, well, those that seek to know the word are blessed. I can't remember. It was around verse seven. I was trying to remember where it was. But the the word, when we read it, then brings the understanding, the wisdom. And we then know that it's better than than all the money of the world. Of course, if you're like me, I uh, don't think I'm ever going to see a whole lot of silver and gold in my life. Uh, God could do anything, but I mean, naturally speaking, on my own ability. But I'm just rejoicing that he says that this wisdom is better than silver and gold. The best thing we can attain to is not material wealth, but spiritual wealth in Christ. That's where it's at. And that's where we rejoice because he makes it available. He says, pray for it. I'll give it to you. Seek me and you'll find me. Read my words. I'll speak to you and I'll guide you. And don't follow after the pattern of man. He's always trying to bribe his way to the top, manipulate himself, use deceit and lies. God says, don't do that. Don't do that. Let me raise you up the right way. Let me bless your life. Follow me and let me help you do it the right way. Really a good encouragement wherever we are in our life to not compromise as a believer. Stand strong. Acts chapter 2 now, verse 22 to 47. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus, the Nazarene, a man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs with God performed through him in your midst, just as you yourselves know, This man delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. But God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. For David says of him, I saw the Lord always in my presence, for he is at my right hand so that I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue exalted. Moreover, my flesh also will live in hope, because you will not abandon my soul to Hades, nor allow your Holy One to undergo decay. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brethren, I may confidently say to you regarding the patriarch David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. And so, because he was a prophet and knew that God had sworn to him with an oath to seat one of his descendants on his throne, he looked ahead and spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that he was neither abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh suffer decay. This Jesus God raised up again, to which we are all witnesses, Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured forth this which you both see and hear. For it was not David who ascended into heaven, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what should we do? And Peter said to them, Repent, each one of you, 
Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. And with many other words, he solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. So then, those who had received his word were baptized, and that day there were about 3,000 souls. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles, and all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. I love the fact we're reading this right after the Proverbs because I have to realize who's saying this. A fisherman, not a trained rabbi, not a scribe, not a scholar, not one of the men who should have known all this, who should have been waiting for the Messiah and had all of this laid out beforehand because, after all, that's what they spent their time doing. They didn't go fishing. They'd spend their time reading the law and reading it, and reading it, and discussing it, and talking about the Messiah. Yet they all missed it. Why? Might I suggest pride. Pride leads to destruction. Pride corrupts a man. In all his ways, he thinks he's right. Because the Pharisees thought, we're right. We're waiting for our King Messiah to come and conquer these Romans. We are going to receive power. We're going to be the ones in power, not these Romans. They had missed looking for Christ as the humble servant coming in humility. And when one comes in humility, then he's raised up. And they couldn't see it. Yet these humble fishermen, and of course Peter had his problem with pride, but he was broken of it pretty well there after he was taken by the Roman soldiers and then saw Jesus later. But this whole thing of these fishermen were humble men and Jesus started teaching them and giving them knowledge and they started listening and they received it. They realized they were unworthy. They realized they didn't know. They had a phenomenal understanding of the Old Testament, but they weren't, they weren't prideful and pushing it and, and making people bow down to them or give them the best seat in the synagogue and all these kinds of things. They were just hardworking guys, blue collar guys. And look what happens here. They're given wisdom. They're given understanding. You know this came supernaturally to Peter. He didn't understand any of this till after the cross, and then his eyes were open, the scales fell off. And all those scriptures about David and the Messiah would not suffer decay, all these things are popping in his mind, and you know it's blowing their mind. They're going, yes, absolutely. This is what it all means. This is what it's all about. I can see it now. And they're simply sharing wisdom of God, the teachings of God. God is using them, unholy vessels in one sense, but for a very holy purpose 
according to his purposes, he's able to stand up and over 3,000 people get saved. This is the result of humility in a person that's yielded over to Christ and letting God speak through them. And also, of course, a person who has read and does read the scriptures and, and, and desires to understand them, has an underst- just desires, God help me understand these things so I can speak these things forth, which is why I believe God can use you, can use me, can use any of us. We continue to read, continue to read, continue to read. And when the day comes, as we study the word together, as we study on our own, then when the time is right, he's going to just open up your mouth, you're going to share. And it could have a profound impact on one person or 3,000. Never know. Charles Spurgeon, for whoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. Matthew thirteen twelve. When the Lord has given to a man much grace, he will give him more. A little faith is a nest egg. More faith will come to it. But when it must not be seeming faith, but real and true, what a necessity is laid upon us to make sure work in religion and not to profess much and possess nothing. For one of these days, the very profession will be taken from us. If that be all we have, the threatening is as true as the promise. Blessed be the Lord. It is he, it is his way when he has once made a beginning to go on bestowing the grace of his spirit till he who had but little and yet truly had that little is made to have abundance. Oh, for that abundance. Abundance of grace is a thing to be coveted. It would be well to know much, but better to love much. It would be delightful to have abundance of skill to serve God, but better still to have abundance of faith to trust in the Lord for skill and everything. Lord, since thou hast given me a sense of sin, deepen my hatred of evil. Since thou hast caused me to trust Jesus, raise my faith to full assurance. Since thou hast made me to love thee, cause me to be carried away with a vehement affection for thee. And doesn't that fit in perfectly with what we just read with Peter? He was that kind of humble man. After that experience of Jesus, eating with him, asking him if he loves him, broken, God filled him with that wisdom and knowledge and made him a very, very useful vessel for the rest of his days with him. That's what we all desire, isn't it? So let's pray. Father, we love you so much, and we thank you that you have chosen us and called us and and allowed us, God, to respond to your call that you, we have, God, by little faith, come to you and said, please, God, show us more, teach us more, use us. We trust you. Don't know anything about how to go about ministering in your name or what we should do, but we do trust you and we do love you. Increase our faith. Help us work through us. So, God, thank you for the work that you continue to do in us. 
and the amazing grace that we find every day in our life when we come to a full consciousness of who we are individually and our shortcomings and how we tend to lean towards the sin nature we have rather than yielding to the righteousness that we have, your your righteousness that you put within us. We have to crucify that flesh in us every day. And we don't often make much effort. <laughs> Sometimes we do the opposite. So we just thank you for your continued grace and mercy in our life. And we do pray for your continual building us up and blessing God in, in our lives as we do come before you in the faith that we have. And may you increase it, God. May you continue to guide us and give us the understanding and the healing and the joy which comes with knowing the creator of the universe. God, as so many people are facing uncertainties on every level now, on the climate, on jobs, on uh, social norms, culture, and there's just, we're getting kind of hit on every side. And now as Christians, we're falling into persecution in many areas. So God, just continue to work through us and bring, bring your joy before the world. Let them see the type of people we are, that we love one another, that we love you, and this is who we are. So God, continue to do that in our lives and all that you are doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all for continuing every day. So we'll be heading out to the mission school today, working with the kids. It's always fun to do that. Um, be praying for them. And uh, we will see you tomorrow for sure. And Sunday, if you can join us live at 9 that would be wonderful. I invite people to follow along. And uh, those of you on Rumble, let me know if you use and like the platform, if you want to continue using it, um, because I'm, I'm not getting the subscriber um, that base that I need to move over into the free, uh, the free version of it. So I'll probably let the, the uh, Rumble uh, subscription lapse. So if that's not a bother to you. I'll do that. If you really, really like Rumble, you think it's going to be the right platform to stay with, let me know. So, but that won't be for a few months till, um, till the whole, um, subscription runs out. So nothing's going to happen anytime soon. So thank you guys. Bless you all very much. And we will see you tomorrow. Mm -hmm.